Hey guys, you're listening to the Hunger Podcast with Dino and Michelle. I am Pastor Matt, the father from the Father and Son Watch Horror Movies Podcast. I listen to this podcast every week, and you should too. Everybody, welcome back. This is Dina and Michelle with Huh Podcast, and we're live on location in our carport. Yeah, yeah, we're outside getting some fresh air in our carport. But you'll hear birds, probably the rooster. <laughs> you might hear the dogs bark. One of them's on a trampoline right now, mm, and our topper stretching. Oh, yeah. That's what we call when they do that front stretch, where they stretch out their, their upper back. <laughs> Just a thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we're... So enjoy all the nature sounds. That, that's the neighbor's dog right there. Anyhow, so, hope everybody's doing well. Uh, today is Memorial Day. We're recording this. Yes. And... Yeah, last night kind of got away from us. We went over to my mom's house and yep, let um, the kids swim in the pool. And... Yep, things are lightening up as far as the the COVID shutdown. Mm-hmm. But yeah, still being safe. safe. Yeah, being smart, being safe. But uh, the kids got to uh, Killian and. Nico got to go do some community service at uh, one of the cemeteries yeah. up in Greenville uh, for Memorial Day, um, laying roses on the um, on the uh, grave on the graves of fallen soldiers. Which that between that and doing the uh, wreaths across America, th- those are really yeah, touching, Christmas, really yeah. touching times when they when they get to do that. Like, Come on, dog. Knock it off. But, uh, no, so that was, it was different this year because normally they have the Boy Scouts are there at the same time. Mm-hmm. And the Boy Scouts put out flags. Right. And then the young Marines come in and, and lay the roses. But they did it differently this year. The Boy Scouts were there on Friday. Okay. And they went out and they did the, the flags on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then we went out today. Right. And did the roses. And then um, we might go back out next Sunday to pick the roses up. They, oh. they, they want the roses to be right uh, cleaned up. And there were what, about a dozen yeah, Marines? There's about a dozen, and you know, because and they it's, spaced it's outside, out. and yeah. they, they spaced out, so they did everything they could to to keep it within guidelines and keep everybody safe. So it was cool. special times. Good golly, what's going on with the neighbor's dog? Our dogs are looking at our Our dogs are like, what are you doing, man? Chill. Our parents are trying to do a podcast here. But, um, yeah. 
So really not too much, you know, once again, it was kind of a busy week. And we didn't get too much. They got a lot of houses, still doing a lot of fixing yeah. on the house and everything. Yeah, so. still painting the walls and we got put up the chair, rail. chair rails. And today and we found new flooring. Yeah, so, you know, and we're doing this, we're getting, you know, we're doing budget home renovations. <laughs> you know, we're getting a lot done for minimal money, which is great. You know, it does, you don't need a, a gajillion dollars to do this. You know, you're just, you know, have a little creativity, a little imagination. Mm -hmm. Don't be too pretentious about it. Don't be too proud even. No, I mean, the flooring we found today, you know, I mean, it was a very, very limited selection, mm -hmm. but we got 402 square feet mm -hmm. for 140 bucks. Right, right. So I can't, can't beat that. And this is going to kind of round on back to the end of the episode where this is going to apply to filmmaking, too. Okay. So... Put a pin in this budget topic, and we're going to wrap it around. Okay. But, I mean, have we anything that we've been watching? I know all of our show shows ended. Yeah, they're so all done. I mean, The Masked Singer finished this week. Mm -hmm. Survivor was the week before. Right. Um, Prodigal's done. Rookie's done. 911 is done. Yeah. So now, so we're, just... now we're just waiting for Big Brother. That, that'll be the next one. That yeah, and, that, and that, that's an investment because that takes up at least three yeah, nights a week so. normally. But, but it's so dark. And we're, yeah, I know. People are going to roll their eyes. Oh, reality show, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I'm not going to call it a guilty pleasure because it's just a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Everyone has their thing that is, you know, that they enjoy that. Other people are like, huh? Yeah. But see, you know, the way that they do these, especially with Survivor and, and Big Brother and everything, we can watch these with the kids. Yeah. Survivor more so than Big Brother, but I mean, yeah. Big Brother isn't horrible. Right. Either, so. Yeah. And well, if, right, okay. go ahead. Go ahead. They say, which actually kind of makes me think of the short that we watched yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. For, we definitely. Uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um,. We're going to put that into our Hear What We're Saying segment. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, one thing that we, you know what? The heck with it. Let's get into that now. Right, with, we'll, we'll move the segment up a bit. We'll move it up. Here is Hear What We're Saying. Not what we're not, not saying. Not what we're not saying. So, all right, well, yesterday, that typical Facebook group that I have spoken about several times, but leave unnamed, right. um, had a forewarning about a short on Disney Plus right. about a um, homosexual couple. Right. Now, Disney Plus is that uh, strong uh, right-wing Christian organization, right? <laughs> you know, everything they do is, you know... 
yeah. God fearing and lifting up Jesus and you know they 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 trumpet strong mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. conservative moral standards, right? Mm, yeah, no. What? What? <laughs> what? Get out! So that was pretty much my response. I'm like, um, and this surprises somebody how? <laughs> um, you know, so basically, as per our norm, when they say, you know, here's a warning so everybody knows, that's the next thing that we put on the TV. Yeah. Um, if you, if you want to get me <laughs> to definitely watch something, tell me that it is wrong and it's immoral and God would be ticked. Not that I want to take off God, but... Hear what he's saying. Hear what I'm saying. I don't know. But I love how ridiculous people get. So, as soon as Michelle, we're sitting there watching TV, just and I'm flipping around looking for something to watch, I'm going to watch, you know, Hell with Kitchen. We might have been in the middle. I, I think I might have had one on in the middle of it. And... Michelle goes, oh, here's something. What? According to this page, we can't watch Disney. Why? Well, there's a short. I get right out of Amazon Prime, <laughs> and I go right to Disney. He's like, give it to me. <laughs> I mean, and the name of the short should have been a very big clue. Right. It's called Out. Right. Like being outside and getting fresh air through COVID. <laughs> So anyway, you know, we watched it and the first thing that I noted and I, w I went back to the page and I said this to them. The first thing I noted was that it was rated PG-13. And I, I think was it PG-13? Uh, I'm sorry, PG. PG, as opposed to, you know, G or, or right, E but, or anything else that is considered kid-friendly on Right, Disney. But, but that's one of the things that I, you know, we never, we really haven't talked about we probably need to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially on this channel with, you know, what our focus is. I think a lot of parents have forgotten what PG actually means. Yeah. Excuse me. For some reason, parents have got this thought in their mind. And, and I don't know if it's the PG-13 that did it. Yeah. Because, you know, they're... I remember when I was young, it was G, PG, and R, I mean, was right. really the, right. you know, so if it was PG, PG? It, you know, at that point, you, you, you know, unless it was R, you could pretty much see it. Right. PG-13 came around about 85 or 86 uh, with uh, Indiana Jones, like after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, mm -hmm. which was way too scary to be a PG-13 movie, but wasn't hard enough to be an R. Mm -hmm. So in response to that, to Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, they created a PG-13 movie. And if I'm not mistaken, Red Dawn was the first official PG-13 movie. Okay. And I, I, I kind of misspoke a little bit, so mm -hmm. I don't know if we're going to edit that, or if not, I'll just go ahead. And What I meant, I started saying the opposite to what I actually meant. Okay. Is, you know, parents knew that a PG film, you know, needed to be looked at. It wasn't quite an R, but it wasn't the G either. Right. So parent, you know, when I was younger, 
parents understood what the PG was. Right. Now, for some reason, PG is like the new G. Right. The PG because does mean... P- because there's PG-13 and, there, and right. there, you know... No, PG is still parental Adult guidance. guidance. Right. You still need to, you know, if you're not sure, you still either need to watch it with them. Right. You know, if you kind of have a, an idea of what it is, so you either need to watch it with them or you need to watch it before you allow them to. Right. Parental parental responsibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was the first thing that I noticed about the short was that it was uh, rated PG. And, you know, I said not everything on Disney is G. Mm-hmm. I, I said... Disney is doing, is being responsible with their rating and with the airing of the show. Right. You know, it, it now it's up to, it, it's up to you um, whether you're going to watch it or not. And I thought it was a good little short. Yeah. I, I really did. Oh, I did. It was, it was a very um, touching mm-hmm. story about, yeah. uh, about this. He's not a boy anymore. He's yeah. Now a man. And, and I don't think we, uh, it's a short I'm not concerned with spoilers. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I mean, the yeah. whole the whole story basically is about um, he has his partner, right. and they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I guess they live like in a rural area, and they're going to be moving to the city and sharing an apartment, which they haven't done before. But the main character has been afraid to tell his parents they that that gay. he's gay, right? And you know, it, it's it goes into that whole you know into. How does he do that? The part, you know, that his partner um, wants him to tell the parents, obviously, because he, you know, he wants to be a part of the of his entire life. And but he's the main character is scared to do it. Right. Um, well, he there's a kind of Freaky Friday element to it <laughs> uh, between uh, the main character and his dog. Yeah. Um, but lo and behold, throughout the throughout through the story, you find out that. Well, did we say that the parents were coming over to help them move? Yeah, the parents. No, I didn't. The parents okay. were coming over to help them move, and, and the father is like this big, big lumberjack, yeah. you know, big beard guy, you know, well, I mean, man the, of very few words. I mean, the main character himself was a big, right. not bearded, yeah, bearded man. But um, I guess he would be a bear. Huh? I guess he would be considered a bear. Hmm. But um, so <laughs> the while the Freaky Friday portion is still going on, the son actually hears his mother say, "You know, if he would just come and talk to us, we already know." Right. Well, she she was even more subtle than that. Yeah. She had said, "You know, it hurts me." Mm-hmm. And you know, I I hope that he just finds the I think, right man. I I right. I hope he finds the right man to make him happy. Or it was something like it was yeah, a very, very subtle. subtle hint where he, being in the body of a dog, hears this and was like, huh? Like, I it wasn't a big deal. Right. Right. So here he is, his whole wife, afraid to tell his parents. But his parents already knew. Mm-hmm. You know? <sighs> I think, you know, it, it's... Christians may feel whatever, whatever way they feel about what the Bible says regarding homosexuality, right. lesbianism. I don't want to go into that. Right. right. That is not... not that. It's, it's not, not our job the, the right point, now. The point is, this was a person. The story was about a person who was 
struggling. Yeah. And I'm tired of the whole, well, I'm a Christian. He's part of this community. We can't. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. We need to start taking the time and understanding each other. Mm-hmm. And breaking down these walls and, and these barriers. Mm -hmm. And the only way, you know, I can't be responsible for, you know, as far as what somebody from the LGBT community feels or how they want to. But as a Christian, I feel like I can talk to other Christians and say, you know, we need to start understanding people in that community. Yeah. For far too long, it's been nothing but, you know, an us versus them mentality, a, you know, I, I don't want to be around that or I can't, that's not, that's not biblical. Right. I'm just going to flat out say that part. It's not biblical. Right. We are to love. Mm -hmm. That Christ gave us two commands, mm -hmm. love God and love people. Right. That's what we are supposed to do. Everything else is up to him. Right. And, you know, so we in and in order for us to truly show love to somebody who lives differently than we do is to try to get to understand that so if we're constantly shutting down you know like not watching a short like that yeah you know if we're just constantly shutting that down we're never going to get to a place where we can understand that right and, and where we can be able to open up dialogue even if there's things that we never agree on and never see exactly eye to eye, right. it doesn't mean that we can't be decent to each other and that we can't build a mutually respective community. Right. Absolutely. You know, e even if there are things that we differ on, we need it, it. It all comes down to our motto of being decent to right. each other. And now I know that there are going to be people, Christians, well-meaning ones, who are going to come back and go, "Well, we're not supposed to love the world, or we're not, you know, supposed to be in the world but not of the world," which is kind of taken out of context. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's Jesus a, said he's sending us out into the world, right? So, so exactly, and then you have the people who, once again, I think it's you know, oh, it says that if so and so is sending you to confront them, you know, this is what Paul said. Paul was speaking to Christians, he was talking about conflicts in the church and people who were proclaiming the Bible but not acting of the Bible. He even said when I tell you not to fellowship with people that do this, 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 and this I don't mean people outside, outside of the church. Because then who are you going to Reach. Who are you going to talk to? I mean, that's a perfect example. I and mean, Jesus did just that when he sat with the tax collectors and mm -hmm. and the prostitutes and had a meal. Right. The woman at the well. I mean, the people. The mentality, of, and it's not even people today. Is Christian, you know, 
people back then were no different. Mm -hmm. They would have thrown her in the well. Mm -hmm. They would have grabbed her by her legs and said, whore, throw her in the well. Well, they yep. wouldn't have gotten to stone her then, and that was right. half of their... And in the Middle Ages, they would have dumped fun. her in a tank like a, like a witch, or, you know, we find new ways to do the same type of judgmental crap. Mm -hmm. And we think we're... We think we have a moral high ground. <laughs> and we don't. What Christians should have is an acknowledgement of the grace that we've been we've been given and we are to extend that grace to other people because mm -hmm. it's god's job to judge it's our job to love now yes oh you know bible says you know you know i'm not going into the whole judge because in order to discern you need to judge so once again, right, but, but that judging isn't condemning. It is using good judgment when making decisions. But I mean, even with that, though, even if there is, you know, a, a brother or sister in Christ, I think we still have to have a level of relationship with them. Yeah. Before you, before you can try to correct them correct them or, or speak. want right right speak, in, speak into, into their life, life. You yeah have, you have to have a level of relationship with them uh, before you can do that like I, I can't you know if i see you know somebody right. who that i i normally you know see sitting across the church from me but i've never once said hello to them right you know if i see them i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> uh I don't want to say drinking or smoking because that's not necessarily right. You know, um, but but if I if I see them in some kind of a set, mm -hmm. okay. Let's say I know you know I've seen her and her husband mm -hmm. together at church every week, but then I see her on a on a date with right some guy I've never seen before. Right, you know, and it's obvious that it's a date. Right, then I can't go. No, I can't go to her. Or I shouldn't go to her. I'll say there are some people. Oh, you can. Yeah. I shouldn't go to her. No. I shouldn't even go to the husband and say, guess what I saw? No. No. I, you it's know. It's not your, right. Now. You need to. Yeah. You, it's, you know, this has been used a lot. You know, a, rela a, a relationship with a person is like a bank account. You can't withdraw unless you've deposited into that. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're Christians, brothers, you sat in the same aisle. If you don't know them, if you're, if you're truly concerned and you're not just there to gossip, mm -hmm. maybe you know somebody who knows them and go, hey, I'm not saying anything and I don't even care to know their situation. However, mm -hmm. this and this happened, is this something that you want to... Perfect example. The situation that I had with a friend and an acquaintance. Yeah. This past week. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody, she's an acquaintance, even though I've known her since high school. Right. We've never really hung out. Yeah. We are friends on, on Facebook, but we don't have an established relationship. Right. Now, I noticed on Facebook, because she, she would post very um, overtly Christian things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, was professing her, her belief in Christ. 
but then I would also see her posting about psychic mediums and right. things of things of that nature, posting stuff from like Sylvia Brown and, and right. things like that. Well, I didn't feel comfortable that I could go and talk to her because I didn't, even though we're acquaintances, acquaintances I didn't have that established right. relationship with her. I knew of somebody else who did. Mm -hmm. So I contacted them and I said, look, I'm concerned, but I don't feel like I can talk to her. Right. You know, I know you're much closer with her. If you feel comfortable, you know, maybe at some point bring this up because I know that you're a friend of hers and you care about her as well. And actually they had a conversation within like 15, 20 minutes of that. And the woman admitted that earlier that morning she had started feeling convictions. Oh, okay. About doing the psychic medium things and everything like that. Mm -hmm. She wasn't sure where to go with it. And then this other friend calling her and telling her was a confirmation. Right, okay. You know, so that I think that's an example of, you know, yes, I saw something that I do believe biblically she should not have been mm -hmm. participating in. But again, I couldn't approach her because of that. Right. You know? Right. So. But if this was someone who, even if you did know, mm -hmm. and you knew them, and they were not a professing Christian. I wouldn't even give it. That's a, not I, even a. That's not even a right. concern. That, I may a, even like the post, you know, right. if it, because if it's something that. Right. So, right. That's like yelling at a football player for not swinging a baseball bat the right way. It's not even the same ballpark sport or whatever. So, do I try and show them the love of Christ and, and why I think the, the Bible is, is right. truth and, and why I think they should believe in, in Jesus and why I think they should? Mm -hmm. Try to follow him and and you know believe in him and trust in him and, and do their best. Yes, I do that mm -hmm. as, as best I can. Right. But I'm also not going to um, beat them over the head right. with the Bible or think you they're less than. Right. So if they're sharing something, even if it's not biblical, if they're sharing something that has uplifted them that day right. or has made them feel a little bit... A little bit empowered or... I'm going to like it. Hmm? I don't necessarily agree, agree with what they're doing, mm -hmm. but I'm going to be there for them emotionally right. as another human being. Okay, I've placed my trust in Jesus... That's where it is, and that's where you know. That's where I'm going to find. But you're finding your hope here, okay? I yeah. I do think it's wrong, but okay. Yeah. I, I'm not your I'm not your keeper, and I know not everybody is going to go come to Christ. Right. Yeah. So I I still try and be there. I, I've got friends who are who are Wiccan. Right. Um, I've got two uh, two or three friends who say they are witches right you know i've got atheist friends i've got christian friends i we have trans friends trans have friends mormon friends i mean friends gay friends you know yeah you know it, it's just because we have friends yeah. jesus, and jesus told me to love people that's it he didn't put any caveat on it so yep. i love people
And I just try and be there for them however I can. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's real. Thinking about that really also transformed the way that I pray. You know, <laughs> like I very rarely will people hear me say I'm praying for you because I think that that's just a. That's an empty notion. Yeah, it's an empty notion, empty cop out. Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. And I just. That's I won't, like, I won't, yeah, that's like the, the positive vibes thing. Yeah. I'm sending you positive vibes. Uh, okay, that uh, a dollar twenty five will buy me a bottle of soda. What? Uh, what is a positive vibe? <laughs> what? 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 Yeah. yeah. So I, from I, you know, what I do normally when people are to that point, it's like, okay, well, if there's anything I can do for you. Yeah. Let me know because I want to meet the need physically. I want to meet the need, you know, if you need a shoulder, you know, for friends who are long distance, because that's the reality of it now, especially with Facebook. Yeah. You, you've got, you know, people from all over the place. Mm-hmm. So if I've got somebody, you know, that's that I know from when we were in Florida, that's going through a hard time. Well, you know, I can't be part of a meal train for them or I can't, yeah. you know, if they're really having a hard time and needing a sitter or something like that and can't find I can't fulfill those needs. I, I can't do the tangible needs. But if they need somebody just to talk to, mm-hmm. if they need an ear that they can just scream at and vent, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. I'll do that. Yeah, that's fine. Yep, I can sit and listen without saying anything. Yep, that might not be evident on the podcast, but <laughs> I can sit and listen and not say anything. Right. Well, speaking of tangible, um. Our local, well, over in Irmo, mm-hmm. the high school and the middle school, yeah, had some uh, school lunch. Days. Right, there was. Uh, I don't know, like the number of students or anything like that, but it was, it was almost like few. six thousand three hundred and fifty dollars of um, unpaid, unpaid lunch fees. Unpaid lunch fees from the students right. that were left hanging. Because of the school shutdowns due to mm-hmm. COVID-19. Right. And our church that we are a part of that will get back to full steam on June 7th, yeah. I believe. They heard they heard of the need and they stepped up. And paid off those lunch fees. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there are, there, there are churches that are stepping up and doing... Doing work and doing practical I, good things. Yeah, I love hearing those stories. You hear them every Christmas, so I don't know if it's some of the same stories recycled or whatnot. But like the churches around Christmas time who find out about these large amounts of medical yeah. bills and they go and they yeah. pay medical bills and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of church. Uh, I've heard of individuals, and I believe I've heard of churches too walking into like a Walmart or and paying off the and layaway. That are there, and you know, just little stuff like that. But yeah. you know, that that's. I know we kind of got have gotten off the topic, but you right. know, the whole prayer thing. That's just. It's a practical right. How do you Christians have gotten so far off of right. what prayer is right. supposed to be? And is, right, and you can make it. Oh, this is great marketing for the church. Oh, there's a thousand students mm-hmm. that the church has never met. Or they're not sitting there going, your your bill has been paid off by, blah, 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 and yeah. here's your, you know, scan your QR 
you know, code into your phone and join us Sunday. Yeah. You know, this isn't a marketing. Right. It is. The only we, reason we know about it is because, yes, our church told the people who give to the church right. where their, where their, where money, their is money is going. It's not going into the pastor's pockets to pay the mortgages and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But, yeah, so that has been, hear what we're saying, No, we're not saying. Here's some cool trailers coming up. and welcome to a brand new podcast streaming to you with Val and JG. Yes, folks, a podcast with absolutely zero substance. Just like Coke does no sugar, we do nothing. This podcast is all about that. Absolutely nothing, folks. Val and JG, weekly show for y'all. Everything that has happened during the week, big or small, we'll talk about here. Absolutely nothing. But also, you can discuss this with your friends, on the toilet seat with your cat, or whatever you want to do. It's going to be absolutely nothing. Big stuff, a podcast with no substance. Give us some toilet trash. That's it, guys. And you can find us on Facebook just by searching The Toilet Trash Project or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. But again, searching The Toilet Trash Project. This is Val and JG, and we're bringing you absolutely nothing. Are you trapped in the 80s and love retro, but do you also want to know what's going on in the world today? Then you got to check out the Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast starring me, Dags. The Amish Baby Machine Pop Culture Podcast is hilarious, and I guarantee it with a funny back guarantee. Now, here's a little taste of this powerful podcast. Now, yes. Yeah, Brian Dennehy, we all know him as the only person to kill Rambo in any of the Rambo movies. That's, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> That's correct. Yes. Why do nerds get so mad when you when you do uh, ironic comedy like that? Because they're nerds. Yeah, I always put they it. Got, they've got to be right. I I put it up on Twitter. I always do my uh, powerful ironic comedy. And if you mm-hmm. want to enjoy that comedy, please follow us on Twitter at Amish B Machine. But I always tweet something, and they're like, "Oh, actually, uh, Brian Dunhee did not kill him." Well, there you have it, guys. Go to AmishBabyMachine.com and subscribe now. In a world filled with movie podcasts, Colson and Brad bring you a movie podcast? If you love top ten lists, news, and reviews, then Watchers Podcast is a show for you. Available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we're back. Those are great ads. (laughs) You've got nothing. I just spoke for almost 10, 15 minutes straight. <laughs> Would you like a drink? Oh, okay. I'd like to finish my cheese doodles, but I don't want to chew into the microphone. So oh. holding them away from the cat because the cat wants them. The, the cat does want them. Yeah, he's joined us. <laughs> but, okay, what I've been thinking, and I've been thinking this for a while, and I'm trying to get this going, is, you know, Newberry is, a, I love this town. It's a great you know, small town America feel. You know, we've been involved in stage productions 
Rock Paper Picture Show, um, the kids' plays, the Christmas pageant, you know, stuff like that. And then, the, and they were doing something all the time before the shutdown here. And I've been, sh- there's a lot of artists in this town, um, painters, sculptors, whatever, but also writers, filmmakers. You know, actors. Oh, yeah. You know, we've got a great little theater here that has the ability to run movies because they run family mm-hmm. films during Christmas time and everything. So I'm trying to see if I can gather some people around mm-hmm. and make something happen over here that would ultimately benefit the community, you know, so that's just me thinking off the top of my head. But that's also kind of gotten us in touch with a few other people here, which uh, we did watch some films related to that this week. Yeah, uh, there is a film called The Farmhand. It is on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It is, what, about 45 minutes? 43 minutes. <laughs> It is approximately 44 minutes. <laughs> approximately. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> 40, it says 43 minutes. Okay. I'm rounding up, though, but anyhow. close. I work for the government, man. Close enough is close enough for government work. <laughs> but shot here in lovely Newberry. South yeah, actually, Carolina. about four miles from our house. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I looked it up yesterday. And it is uh, a film set in 1927, I believe it is, yes. around, you know, Prohibition times, yes. bootlegging. Um, and it's a short film, so the point comes pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. Because um, if you tell too much, then, you know, there you go. You're into a spoiler already. But, I mean, it's fast-paced. Yeah. You know, it's you watch it, and it's over before you really realize it, you know? I mean, I think they certainly... I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly think it had the potential and may have been better had they gone full feature. Right. Yeah. It was... It, it was... It was very, it, it was too long for a short, too short for a feature. Right. And I think if they needed to, if they needed to go in either direction, mm-hmm. the story itself was interesting enough. Mm-hmm. They should have tried to go the expanded full, expanded and gone the full feature route. Right. And there was enough in there where you can, you could even, you could cut it back. And make it a little more concise, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, it, it could. It, it may have been a budgetary thing that they yeah. were trying to right, trying to give you more without sacrificing the quality. I mean, because it was very beautifully shot. Yeah, it was. Uh, the the scenery and and you know it, it was very beautifully shot. The only thing I, one of the things that I did react to was when they were in a house and I didn't talk to you about this um the the when they were sitting on the there was one scene where they're laying on the floor and you can see the outlet 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And it's, I, I mean, in 27, they had the electricity, but I don't think the outlets were like compar the... compar comparable to right. our outlet. Right. And that was very visible. Yeah. In the film. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, that was a but, little bit of a continuity you know, thing. Game, game of Thrones, they had Starbucks cups all over the place. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it, it was beautifully shot. The coloring and just everything yeah. was, was very good. Um, I just think I would have liked it to be a full feature. Yeah, I would have yeah. I wanted, wanted more out of it, not quality-wise, but content-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think there were some questions that were a little bit, they were answered, but a little bit ambiguously. So if they'd had more time, they could have expanded right. on yeah. on that a little bit. Mm -hmm. But but hmm. yeah, a farmhand, it's on Amazon Prime. Check that out. And I had uh, watched... And I tried, this is my third time trying to watch this movie, um, on Shudder. It was uh, One Cut of the Dead. Now, when I say I tried, it was late at night. It's a subtitled movie. And I'm not a, you know, one of those, I don't like reading foreign films. You know, that's not my point. My was it was late and a lot of times when I'm watching a film if I'm reading the subtitle I'm missing what's going on up top you know like if we went to a movie theater because normally I like sitting in the middle row where the screen takes up my entire field of view mm -hmm. when we watch foreign movies which we've seen a few in the theater I like sitting in the back row that way I can read the subtitle and see the action at the same time. Well, our TV is kind of big. So it does take away my, separate my attention. That's actually a, a movie where I'm better off watching on my laptop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, so I tried, I got tired, I was not enough, so I was missing the dialogue. While you guys were out at the cemetery today, I decided I'm going to sit and watch this movie. And man, I'm going to tell you, it's in my top ten of favorite movies of all time. Is it? it is. Um, it's, I'm not, I can't spoil it, so yeah. I won't, but it starts off as a zombie film. And... You know, I guess the one thing that everyone does know, the first, I think it's 20, maybe 27 minutes, is all one shot. Now, I'm not saying it was one shot and they snuck edits in there. I mean, they did one continuous shot. And it's about, they're filming a zombie movie, but then a real zombie attack happens. And the film flips on you and flips again. And there is a scene at the end. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I cried. I'm a sap. I am. And when I'm as I'm getting older, I'm becoming yeah, more, more sappy. And the littlest things cry, make me cry. There is about a 10-second shot where I weep like a baby. 
And I also watched this uh, going back to the uh, Joe Bob, the last, uh, the last driver with Joe Bob Briggs. Mm -hmm. And he has an amazing uh, soliloquy that he does at the end of this episode mm -hmm. that I'm hoping to play it here. What did we just watch? Austin, we need this to be on a jib, All right. crane shot. You know, give me give me a high angle. Austin Jennings, our director. Austin frequently pulls off miracles, just like Higurashi in the movie. What have we been watching tonight? Nothing to do with zombies, that's for sure. You know, it's a love letter to filmmaking and filmmakers and especially low-budget filmmakers. And it's about how even the corniest, underfunded concept requires a miracle of teamwork to pull off. It's about what we call our mutant family, the audience and the filmmaker, the people who get it, the people who are there every time somebody like Shinichiro Ueda or Lloyd Kaufman come out of nowhere and create something that corporate filmmaking just could never achieve. You know, I go to a lot of conventions and film festivals, and there's always that one guy who wants to talk to me about his movie. You know, Joe Bob, help me make my movie. And then he gives me a hundred reasons why he can't make the movie. He has no money. He can't afford a fancy film school. He doesn't know anybody in Hollywood. His friends and family roll their eyes every time he talks about his movie because it's taken so long. And they don't really think he'll ever make it. He's not really a writer or director. He works at an auto body repair shop and he hates his job. But he has to keep doing it because he has a kid to support and a ridiculous amount of student loans. And so how could he ever find the time to work on his film? So One Cut of the Dead gives me a chance to say to every aspiring filmmaker who watches this show, because that's what they call themselves, aspiring filmmakers, when they talk to me, I'm going to say right now what I say to every one of them. Here's how to make your movie. First of all, stop being an aspiring filmmaker. Never again use the word aspiring. When you wake up tomorrow morning and every day after that, you're a director. You may do any number of jobs to make money, but the first thing you do every day is you plan your writing and your directing and your producing work for that day. I don't care if you only have 10 minutes of free time. You devote that time to your movie because you're a filmmaker. That's your real job. You're not an auto body repairman. Call yourself a filmmaker. Make filmmaking decisions. Fuck aspiring, all right? Numero two, it's not 1970. You don't need a fancy film school. Anything you don't know, it's on the internet or at the library, anything. 100% of what you need to know. We no longer live in a world where you have to go to USC or NYU to get noticed. If you can afford film school, there are at least 30 outstanding ones. If you can't, don't sweat it. You're going to homeschool yourself and you're going to know everything there is to know about lenses, aspect ratios, types of cameras, lighting schemes, production design, acting, art direction, screenwriting, story structure, scene beats, shot framing, all the other aspects of film that were once such well-guarded secrets that you had to apprentice in a union to learn them. All that knowledge is yours. Just go get it. There's no excuse for you knowing less about filmmaking than Quentin Tarantino or John Carpenter or Martin Scorsese. Three, there is no Hollywood. The worst thing you could do is move to L.A. and get lost in the crowd of confused seekers out there. Lloyd Kaufman has been involved with a thousand films, 
but he started with a cheap comedy about a women's softball team that nobody in Hollywood wanted. Shinichiro Ueda started with a student film that played one night at a film festival in a town of 8,000 people, and Hollywood is calling him. When you make your movie, you're already standing at Hollywood and Vine. Fourth, you don't need money. Stop using that as an excuse. Great scripts don't cost anything. Learn to write one. Cameras cost 1% of what they cost 20 years ago. Editing software is free. Professional editing software is so cheap you can probably skip one night at the bar to pay for it. There are great actors in your community. Scour the college drama departments and you'll find them. The words pretty good for the money, those words no longer exist in your vocabulary. You got enough money. And when people start seeing your devotion to the project, more money will appear. Field of Dreams is not about baseball. It's about film. Build the stadium. Finally, be prepared to fall on your face. Be prepared to fall on your face over and over again. Be prepared to write a crappy script and then rewrite it into a crappier script and then rewrite it again before you start to discover what's wrong with it. Be prepared to be unprepared until you figure out how production planning works. Be prepared to fail for a day or a week or a year, but don't ever say, I'm not a filmmaker. You're a filmmaker. That's what filmmakers do. They fail until they don't. And then send me your movie. Because believe it or not, I'm dying to see it. We all are. We just didn't know it until you made it. Okay, Austin, I'm done with the jib. Right. So what is, sorry to interrupt you, but what is Joe Bob going to do when COVID-19 brings back the drive-in theater? I don't know, but you know what? I am hoping that comes back in a big way. Because, you know, we if you heard our episode with Deborah Voorhees from Friday 13, Part 5, and her upcoming 13 fanboy that was something that we talked a bit about is mm -hmm. loving but the i've seen and, it like more and, and more all over the place yeah from the, all different places places and I mean, types of people and, yeah i mean christian artists are now doing uh doing a drive-in tour drive-in tour yeah our drive-in down here in Monetta, which is what about an hour away yeah. they're having uh toby mac is coming mm -hmm. and doing a drive-in tour uh, he used to be with DC Talk, right. and the Newsboys are, are coming yeah. and doing. Uh, their lead singer is Michael Tate, who used to be with DC Talk, but they're doing a drive-in tour. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping the films are coming back in the drive-in, especially we have all these great mm -hmm. genre films coming in that are ripe for the drive-ins. So, let's hope this comes. Hey, it's starting to rain and we got thunder going on here. It's nice ambient background. Yeah, it is. It smells awesome out here. Yeah. This one of my favorite smells is like the after the rain. Right. Well, this is during the rain. This but, is during the rain, you know. but yeah, that atmospheric ozone yeah. type of thing. Okay, but I'm sorry. I, but yeah, so if you guys get the chance, go. Uh, it's on uh, Shutter. You on Shutter. Uh, Joe Bob. Yeah, the last drive-in show. Check out that last 10 minutes of the One Cut of the Dead monologue. Um, it is, like we said in the beginning, it's about 
passion and love and doing things. Don't not letting budget and not letting your preconceived notions stop you from doing what you do, mm-hmm. or doing what you want to do. Right. You know, there there are a lot of great people that are making a lot of great movies on very small budgets. You know, last year we talked with Joe Badon, who did uh, God Inside My Ear for about ten grand. He's got a new movie coming out. That you saw it. I haven't seen it. I have seen it. I'm not saying anything about it. But I think he went $27,000 on this. Up there about. The the difference between that and that my ear is about tenfold. And it had I mean, still a three really times small a bu- budget. really small budget. Um, One Cut of the Dead was $27,000. And it began as a uh, student film. And it played in one uh, one festival and had a standing ovation, went to two festivals in in Japan, and then all of a sudden was playing over here in America and blew up and is now made over 20 times, I think, it's money. Wow. It's, it's amazing. So, and there are other films that have done that. Blair Witch. I'm not a fan of it. However, I respect the hell oh, out yeah. of it. You, you, have, you to. have to. You have to respect the hell out of it. Great market. Paranormal activity. Minimum budget. Practical effects. Mm-hmm. And then they blew up. Yeah. You can do it. You can do it. We've got the technology. We've got the phones. We have the editing software. We, you know, my dream when I was a little, Andrew and I used to talk about having a radio station. You know, and doing like a pirate radio station. We're pump up the volume. You know, we're we're, you know, happy Harry Hart on. You know, yeah. But now I've got a podcast. You know, it's different than when I was 19, 20 years old, but it's accessible now. You know, I've got eight people listening to me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you know, but, you know, there's, there's a, there is literally an international listening audience. I could say that. <laughs> Maybe one person per continent, but truth <laughs> Is what it is. So, don't let... And that's just it. Your success is relative, too. Right. You may not have millions of people listening, but you can, you can honestly say you've, had, right. you've got a global podcast. Right. And you're happy with that. Right. And you're I, happy with the right. one person per continent because right. and, and, it's a matter of perspective. And those people have come back and we've communicated. And said, hey, great, you know, I really like your show. Well, great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You know, mm-hmm. uh, new movie that came out this week on DVD, A Nun's Curse. We did watch that? We movie. did watch that. 
Um, I'm not going to talk too much about it. Reason being, we have an interview set up come with this week uh, for this week with the uh, writer and director Tommy Foy, uh, Fairclaw, right here from South Carolina, Columbia, and a couple of uh, a couple of added people onto that podcast. So I'm not going to say right now, but that will be posting. I'll be very excited. You know, I'm a blue collar guy. In the middle of South Carolina. Living your dream. Living my dream of talking movies and loving movies. And it might be 10 people. It might be 100 people. It might be 1,000 people. But exposing those people to movies that they might not have seen before. And that is what we're about. And adding our message of being decent to each other. So, with that, I want to thank everybody. Uh, check out our uh, website, gangalley.com. It's got a link to all our uh, episodes on all our uh, the pod chasers podcatchers that we're on our YouTube videos and that's going to be an episode mm-hmm. guys we love you be decent to each other yes sir peace